Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome to another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by Siemens Media Managing Editor and Girls Prep Soccer Writer, Mike Z. Hey, Mike, appreciate you being here to uh, drop some knowledge on us today. Yeah, great time of year, Matt. We were kind of meandering toward postseason tournaments, and uh, it's a fun time for players, coaches, and followers. Yeah, we're, we're into November, which means the NEPSAC Boys and Girls Playoffs are right around the corner. Big time for, for soccer throughout the region. It makes this a great time to kind of recap the season to this point and forecast what we think these brackets might look like in a couple of weeks in the NEPSAC. I mean... Uh, class A and Class B are kind of the bread and butter there where we can really kind of hone in on and, and, and see how things stand right now. And, and as always, everyone out there can be sure to visit anysoccerjournal.com for all the latest prep coverage for both boys and girls. But Mike, let's start with, with the girls prep situation right now as we're into November. I know just you had a great post yesterday on our site about the Founders League and the three-team race that's going on for for the championship crown in that league, and it's a lot of intrigue there. So I think that's a great jumping-off point to start with. Yeah, that's a league that we really thought was going to be strong at the beginning of the season, and it definitely hasn't disappointed that the top tier of that league is is outstanding. We touched on the race. There's three teams still only with one league loss that are going to kind of battle it out right through the last nine days of what we ever have here. Loomis Chafee, which has been a great story. Choate, which is having a terrific season. And Miss Porters, which has won the league the last three times they've had a season. And, and they're right there. And then another game back is Westminster, which is probably too far back to set its sights on winning the league this year, but is an outstanding team that we're certainly going to hear from in the in the Class A tournament. Yeah, Westminster made some noise last year. The postseason and we know they have a a super talented roster do you feel like that's a team not just you but do you feel like the other coaches in the founders league think that's a team that that has the goods to kind of make some serious noise in november yeah i think you can make a case for that but i think you can make a case for three other teams too i mean just the way they've they've gone through the league it seems like every week week there's been a heavyweight clash and one team is is knocking off the other whether it's a westminster going to choate under the lights and losing four to one or or Loomis taking the 1-0 wins over a, a couple heavyweights. They've just gone around and around. I don't know, think you can say for certain who is the best team right now, but I think they're all going to be formidable and all have chances once the Class A tournament comes around. Loomis is definitely, I think, the team that's kind of flown under the radar. I don't know that anybody expected them to be as, as great as they've been so far this fall, and it's funny, we had Linda Hathorne, their head coach on the podcast a few weeks ago, and before we went on, she was just kind of joking to me, saying, thanks for not ranking them too high in our top 10 power rankings. So uh, there are people paying attention to those rankings, number one. But also, I think they kind of like that role of, of being the, the underrated team in New England this year. Is that, is that what you gather, too, that they kind of have that workmanlike attitude, that they just get it done? I know their defense is really strong as well. Yeah, I think that, and that came across listening to the podcast. It was a great, great podcast with Linda. They're just more experienced. I mean, they, they lost five games a year ago. They, they barely made it into the Class A tournament as the number eight seed. This year, most of the players are back. They're a year more experienced. They're a year more used to prep school soccer. And they put together a terrific run of results. I mean, they, they, they went their first, I believe, 11 games without a loss. And then they got upset by Kingswood Oxford shortly after the podcast. So podcast curse, right? But they, they've been great. They've been very good against the best teams in the league, too. They're 2-0-1 against Porters, Westminster, and Choate. So they're, they're hanging with whoever they play, and they're putting together a really good season. 
in your estimation, teams like Miss Porter's and Choate, where are they particularly strong? What, what's been working for them? I know Miss Porter's has a couple committed players to college programs already, but what, what areas do they really kind of make their hay? I, I think they, those two teams came into the season from different starting points, so to speak. I think of, of those four teams in the Founders League we talked about, Miss Porter's maybe had to not reinvent itself, but you know, d- develop more than than the others based on their graduation losses. They, they lost some key players, and they still have some good players, but talking to Abby Dubnov the other day and uh, about what the season's been like, he, he talked about they, they had to kind of grow into the team they've become. They had to build their identity, and, and it's a little different than last year's identity. They have some terrific players. They have Gigi Day, who played at Taft for four years, and she's going to Middlebury. She's, going, she's doing a, a post-grad year. Now she's been a leader on that team, Addie Bodette going to Holy Cross. There's two players that are very strong in the, in the, in the center of the field for them. And they've really kind of helped this team get to where they are now. Only one loss. Definitely a formidable contender, not just to win the league, but, you know, in, in the Nepsacks. Choate came in with a lot of pieces back. And Rick Kozik, talking to him in the preseason, it was all about the, the team's depth. He loved the depth he had. He, he, didn't, he, had, he could start 11 players, but there were several others that could definitely make a case for starting. That's how deep he thought his team was. And they have not disappointed. They're 13-1. and one, And as we head into the next to last weekend of the season, another contender. That's four teams from the Founders League that we think could be postseason bound. Another one to keep an eye on is Hotchkiss. Can they be that that fifth team from the Founders League, which would be quite impressive for one league to send that many that many squads to a postseason? So, what sticks out to you about Hotchkiss? Yeah, well, that was actually the, the case a year ago. Was the Founders League did send those five teams to the to the postseason? Westminster believe was the only team that got through the quarterfinals before they ran into Worcester Academy. Hotchkiss, as we sit here, is 9-5-2, and and in terms of the Class A tournament, I would file them into the others receiving votes category. I'm not sure I'd put them in right now. They really don't have that signature win against one of the top teams in the league. They've beaten the teams below them in the standings, and the teams that you'd expect them to beat have not really beaten any of the top teams. So still, I think they have three games left, still maybe a chance to make a statement polish up that resume, but yeah, it, that, that would be quite an achievement if they could place five teams in the tournament again this year. Right. When we talk about Class A, I think it, the conversation kind of always has to start with, with two powerhouses, Buckingham Brown and Nichols and, and Worcester Academy. BBNN, I mean, the resume that they've posted in recent years is extraordinary, and they've gone through a coaching change this year, a new coach, first-year coach in this this season, but the winning has kept going. They're right there in the mix. I think you have to probably consider them a front runner in Class A. What do you think about BBNN? Does it appear that they've taken any step back from what they were last year when they were just so incredibly dominant? Yeah, we might have to wait a, a couple of weeks to to compare them to to that team. Last year's team was just in, yeah. incredible with the powerhouse, the, the way they won games, the goal differentials, the, the final game against a very good Worcester Academy team. They they won. 5-0 and didn't seem to break a sweat <laughs> Insane, yeah. doing it. So what you're seeing this year is you're not seeing as many of those 6-0, 7-1 scores. You're seeing more 3-2. Yesterday, 2 nothing against a good Brooks team. So not every game has been a blowout. They're being tested. They're facing resistance, but they still haven't lost yet. A 1-1 tie with Worcester Academy early in the season, but that's the only, not even a blemish, but that's the only non-win on the schedule. I think if you're, you know, where we sit right now, they're probably, again, the team to beat, but maybe by not as much. I wonder what that role is like for for a team like BBNN, where you're just so you're so dominant in, in New England. I, I wonder, like, team programs around around the region must be just waiting for like, okay, when's this going to end? When are we going to unseat this program and 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 
knock them off and have a new champion. So that's going to be almost a burden when you're that good for so long and you're just carrying that expectation for so long. Yeah, it's just a series of terrific classes of players, one after another. That senior class last year, some of the players in that terrific class. And you look you look at this class, and the senior that jumps out is Frankie Valverde in the mm-hmm. midfield going to Dartmouth. I read a post that you wrote about their two juniors committed to Duke and UNC, right. <laughs> respectively. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, not bad. Sophia Recupero and Caitlin Mara. That's, right. uh, it, it just goes on, and I'm sure at the younger levels, there's more girls waiting to step up and, and have their turn. So, you know, they're, the program's on a roll, and I'm not, I'm not sure they show signs of, of letting up. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's matter-of-factly, but just have, <laughs> for BBNN, it's like, no, oh, yeah, we got a Duke and North Carolina, two of the top ten programs in the country. We're just going to send a couple of players. It's just it's par for the course with that program, and it's it's been what they've been doing. On the flip side, we mentioned Worcester Academy as well, and they're they're loaded again this season, just like they were last season, even though, like we, we mentioned, that championship result against BBNN didn't work out in their favor and, and ended up being pretty lopsided. This is a great Worcester Academy team. And I know head coach Jen Marino likes what she has. So what, what do you think about that squad? What jumps out to you about them? Incredibly balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent players in goal, defense, midfield, on the attack. And I know you had Jen on the podcast early early in the season. She talked about the team and what they had coming back. And what I like about Worcester is, is how they schedule. Well, you, you look at their results and, and their games. that They, they don't take games mm-hmm. off. They don't pad the resume with, with easy wins. They four. Really good Founders League teams on the schedule, and they're two one and one in those games. By the way, I think they have six straight wins as we speak now since they lost to Choate one nil. So they're they're I think they're going to be a, a very good tested team um, right. when you get to the tournament because they played such good competition all the way through. Right, Jen Marino called Worcester Academy the unpretentious prep school, which I thought was <laughs> a tremendous way to describe the school. I thought it was awesome, and and they've it very well may be the the soccer capital of New England right now. We'll touch upon the boys' prep scene later, but Worcester Academy boys also great. So they're just they're, they're playing some excellent soccer at Worcester Academy. What other teams do you think might round out that Class A field? Yeah, so I mean, unless something incredibly crazy happens these these last nine days, I think those six teams are are locks to to make the tournament. The four from the Founders League. BBNN and Worcester. Rounding out the field, I think maybe you, you go back to the ISL. You look at a team like Thayer that's 10-2, and two, that last year was 12-4. and four. four one-goal losses got left out. Players talked about that's that's their motivation. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're having another terrific year, even despite some injuries, notably to Nadia Casamajor, who went down with a, a knee injury. Right, you wrote a great season. story about her in the latest issue of our magazine as well. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. great to talk to. And so there, there's... There's good talent there, and, and they're putting it together, and they're having a great season. They're strong on defense. They're strong in goal. Will there be enough goals to to keep them pushing forward once the tournament starts? We'll see. Between the ISL and the Founders, which top to bottom, I mean, there's more teams in the ISL, obviously, but which team, league do you think has been the stronger league this year in girls prep? Oh, boy. It's... it's it depends on how you're going to measure it. I mean, yeah. it's going to be how many teams make the, the, the tournaments. And, and in Founders, they're Class A schools. In ISL, you have a mix of Class A mm-hmm. and Class B schools. So, I mean, later on in the show, we'll touch on teams like Lawrence and Brooks from the ISL that are having very good seasons and, and we'd expect to see in the postseason. So it's kind of you know, apples and oranges. It's not exactly the same thing. Another team I should mention, when you asked about maybe rounding out the field, is Nobles. Mm. They caught our attention early in the year with a couple results that made you say, well, okay, let's keep an eye on this team. Six, one, and seven. Seven ties. Seven ties. <laughs> and, of course, if, if my son's listening to this, he'd go crazy because he's, he's all Premier League, and he's like, Dad, you put the draws second. Hey, no, it drives me crazy. And I'm like, this is America. This is how we do it. <laughs> so a lot of ties, some good wins, a, a good team, a great goalie, Eliza Tepla going to Northeastern. So I think as we stand here today, maybe that's your team that rounds out the, the Class A field. 
Yeah, and it, it is amazing to touch back on Thayer to be doing what they're doing without a player like Nadia on the shelf right now with the injury. I mean, it's just kind of that next player up mentality. When we look at Class B now, any teams there impressing you? Is it is it hard to forecast that that field right now, one through eight, or where they stand right now? Yeah, I think it's a little tougher to forecast Class B because you don't have the league structure and the head-to-head results among all the teams the way you do with a lot of the Class A schools. But I think some teams have certainly stood out for themselves. And one is a team that was the runner-up a year ago. They brought 22 of 26 varsity players back from that team. They have an incredible talent in the midfield in Maddie Landers going to Boston College. They have an incredible goalkeeper in Maggie Warner going to St. Anselm. They're 14-2-1 sitting here as we stand now. So they're, they're a very good team. They might be the team to beat in Class B. It's not clear-cut. I think there's some other teams that could make a case for that, but they've had a very good season. They played some heavyweights. They played a tight game against BB&N and lost 2-1 to one back in back in September. So, yeah, they're, they're there, and I think they'll be there for the for the whole ride. Matty Landers, it was announced yesterday, will be part of the high school All-American games uh, in early December down in Florida. She was part of, I believe there was 43 players nationwide, girls players named to that named to that game. So she'll be part of the East squad, along with Dexter Selfield's Riley Moschella. She's also there, another prep player as well that was invited to that game as a, as a side note. You mentioned kind of the Lawrence Academies and some of these other teams that, that have, have impressed and could be heard from. Any other teams off the radar that aren't catching our attention as much as maybe they should. I think first you, you start with a couple teams that are firmly on the radar, and you mentioned Riley and the season she's having for Dexter Southfield. That's a team that's having a terrific season. They're 12-3-1. Their losses, two of them, against Thayer and Worcester, so certainly no nothing to be embarrassed about there. They have a win over Pingree recently. That's a team that's going to be firmly back in the in the Class B tournament. Lawrence, kind of a different look this year. Lawrence, no Brooke Ahern, was the, the dominant striker accounting for many of the goals. They've had to do it in different ways, different styles, different players. Sienna Mars having a great season is one of those players who's, who's picked up the slack. So I think you look at those two teams and then there's some questions. You look at a team like defending champion Suffield, their record doesn't jump out at you six, five and three, but it was about this time last year that they really started putting everything together went on that run and didn't stop until they, they'd won the class B championship. Cheshire Academy, 14 and 0. That's as good a record as, as you're going to find in class B. And though their schedule hasn't been particularly tough compared to maybe some of these other teams we've mentioned, they do have a win over Kingswood Oxford, Oxford, the team that knocked off Loomis Chafee. So those are the ones that, that get me at this point. There's probably others, probably others that will announce themselves as we get closer to the, the bracket reveal. But those are, those are the teams I see in the field right now. Do you get the sense, I mean, I think last year there was kind of that aura of this in, in Class A that this is BB&N's to lose. I mean, I think even going into that, not, not that any coach was going to tell, tell their players that we don't have a chance, like, let's just show up and we're going to get crushed. I, I don't think that was it, but it just felt like it was BB&N's to lose. Do you feel like this year, particularly in Class A, things are a little more wide open? Or, or is wide open not the, the right word? Maybe, or maybe there's a few more teams that are top contenders? Yeah, I think it's different than last year when there was a, a clear number one. And then I think a clear number Worcester, and those were the teams that ended up meeting in the final. I think just talking to some of the coaches in the Founders League in, in recent days, the wish is, is kind of that those quarterfinal matchups don't feature teams from the same league. Mm. So a team like Choate, which had to play Westminster in the quarterfinals last year, could measure itself against a team like Thayer, for, for example. Sure. So I think that's what's, what, every, what everyone is interested in, kind of see how those matchups stack up. But I think... I don't think there's going to be many games that aren't very close and, and go deep into the second half when you get a quarterfinal, semis, and final. Maybe one or two, but I'd be surprised if, if there were a lot. That was some great stuff on the girls' prep scene from Mike. We're going to take a quick break here, and then when we return, we'll hit on the boys' prep scene and 
try to forecast what those brackets might look like in less than two weeks. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerheads New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy, and Jim Roberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to NESoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Welcome back to the show, and now we're going to turn our attention to the boys' prep scene. Mike will take over the interviewing duties here, and I'll try to put an answer to some of these questions as best I can about how things are looking to this point and how they may look in a few weeks. All right, let's tee this up, Matt, if you did such a good job <laughs> setting me up. Um, boys' prep, I think the natural starting place is the independent school league, and we've seen a lot of these teams really distinguish themselves, and right at the top of that list is Milton Academy. Yeah, as you talked about the Founders League on the girls' prep scene, the ISL has really been where it's at this year in the boys' prep scene. I mean, it's just a 16-team league, so obviously there's always a lot of strong players in the conference. But Milton Academy, to this point, they're currently number three in our power rankings. They're unbeaten, 12-0-3, I believe, at this point of our recording. And really just balanced. Great goaltender, Mateo Buyu, who's headed to Providence next year. Really good attack, really good back line, just well coached under Chris Kane, who obviously is an excellent coach and has been so for years and will be one of the East coaches in next month's high school All-American games. He got named that honor just this week, and his player, Mateo Buyu, will be part of that East roster as well at the All-American games. So that's a great honor for Milton Academy. But right now, they are certainly at the head of the pack, but... There's not a lot of separation as as good as they've been. They're twelve zero and zero in the league, but Brooks is ten and two in the league. Rivers is ten and two in the league. 
Nobles is 8-1-3, and three, so there's not a lot of separation there. And, and there's still some wiggle room for somebody to take home that, that conference championship. Last year it was the same thing where Milton Academy and Brooks and, and Rivers were all battling it out and it came down to tiebreakers. That could happen again. I mean, obviously Milton controls its own destiny within the league, but but Brooks is great. They have a player named Harry Bertos in the back line who's going to Washington, which is a top-five national program. He's he's an exceptional player, not only a great defender, but a great goal creator. He's ranks, I believe, in the top 10 in the ISL in, in goals. He's exceptional. Rivers is great again. The team that really has caught a lot the attention of a lot of people is St. Sebastian's, really, really coming out of nowhere. We, we wrote about it last week on the website. There's a post about what's been the key to, to Seb's great season this year and, and and coach Woody Redpath says it's really come down to just buy-in from the players up and down the roster and and leadership and veteran players who have been through kind of the the tests of the ISL because I don't think really anybody thought St. Seb's was going to be this they they haven't had a class A tournament berth that Woody Redpath can remember I don't know if they've had one ever this may be the year and in talking to coaches around New England, they think Sebs could, could factor into those brackets when they get announced, and that would be a great story if they found a spot in Class A. When you project those those NEPSAC brackets, whether it's Class A or Class B, are those the teams that are right now in the conversation from the ISL? For sure, for sure. I mean, I think Milton is a, is a slam dunk, obvious one. Brooks and Rivers are, are Class B programs, so that they, they should factor into that. Nobles will be an interesting one. They have a great record. They may need... Uh, another quality win down the stretch. I think they have been impressive, obviously, with that 10-1 and 3 overall record, so they've impressed, but I think they need kind of that signature victory. I don't know schedule-wise if it'll, if it'll be there in these last couple of games, but they stand a chance as well. Buckingham, Brown, and Nichols is a team that made the Class A postseason last year. I don't know that the resume will end up being strong enough this year as we sit there 7-5-3. and three. Perhaps if they win a, a couple down the stretch, their last three games here after we record this, they may factor in. But yeah, I think I think Milton is the is the obvious in Class A right now, and there could be another one. Last year it was just Milton and BBNN. Let's swing outside of Greater Boston and our, our prep preview issue. Worcester Academy graces the cover. You like them then? You still like them now? They seem to beat. I've liked them all season. I've liked them in August. I've liked them in September. I've liked them in October. I still like them in November. They've been our number one all season, which is rare. I mean, it's it's rare that oh, tap myself on the back for pegging that one right. I guess back in in August, but it was kind of an easy choice based on what they had back. T.J. Lacory, great player going to Vermont. Wade Johnson, a great player. Dean Linden, a great goalkeeper. I mean, they just have players all over the place. And head coach James Proctor thinks there's seven or eight potential college commits on the, on this team in this in this senior class. So they, they are loaded. A little bitter with how things turned out last year when they lost in the Class A semifinals in, in a tough one. I think they thought last year they were good enough to win the Class A championship. They came in this year supremely confident. When I talked to a bunch of the players in the preseason back in August, it was they didn't want to say it, but it felt like championship or bust for this program. That's that's the way they were approaching it, and they just have everything going. And and as you said about the Worcester Academy girls program, Mike, that they don't shy away from playing anybody. Same thing goes for Worcester Academy boys. They will play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Not afraid to do it. Home, away, neutral site, just a. Uh, a really class team, and I, I saw them play defending champion Northfield Mount Hermon in Albany at the end of September, and they they won two nothing, and it was 
as impressive a showing as you're going to see in a 2 nothing victory. A couple second-half goals, but things really just opened up, and you saw what Worcester Academy can do from the back to the front, just everyone contributing. The, the spacing of the field was exceptional. They did, everyone was involved. They went deep. They, they used a lot of subs. It just kind of came at Northfield in waves, and Northfield is still one of the most talented teams in New England. So it, it was a super impressive win for Worcester. Another team we felt was was really talented heading into the season and maybe didn't get off to the start it, it wanted to is Loomis Chafee. Uh, take us through that program. Yeah, interesting stuff going on. I mean, Loomis head coach David Malloy was was really high on what he had coming in this season with good reason. I mean, he had Kieran Chandler, a UConn commit. He has a Ford and Austin Bush, who we wrote about in our most recent issue of the magazine, who's an exceptional goal creator. He Malloy called him probably the most athletic kid he's ever coached, which is quite a thing to say. And then Sebastian Plischka and Nett, who will also be part of that high school All-American game next month, along with Kieran Chandler. So Loomis has two All-Americans right now that we know of in November, which is not a lot of teams in New England, not a lot of teams around the country can say that. And it really is a, a truly talented team playing in the Founders League. But the Founders League is tough, and you got to go against teams like Taft, in Westminster and Avon Old Farms, it's not easy. And, and they've run into some issues. They started off the year very slow, actually had a losing record in October, which is, which is unheard of for Loomis. But they've rebounded. They're back in the mix right now. In our latest top 10, they're kind of in the mix. It's 7-4-3. and three. The theory is that if they win out, I think, with, with what they have on the schedule, they should get into those Class A playoffs. And if they do get into those Class A playoffs and they're like a four or five seed, they're a team nobody wants to see. Okay. I mean, no, nobody wants to see what they can put out on the field. So that's definitely a team that has the ability to, to really win a championship. Who are some of the other teams you think are still going to be playing once these brackets come out in a, in a week and a half? Yeah, I think one team that's that's really impressed, and it's, it's kind of good to see them back, is Berkshire. They obviously a, a traditional power who who didn't make the postseason last year. But they've been excellent this year, 13-1-1 with a great defense, a bunch of clean sheets, 10 clean sheets for the season, so the defense is extraordinary. They have a great goal scorer in Milton Jones, who's, who's become one of the more productive playmakers in New England. So I think Berkshire is one of those teams nobody wants to see. They have some, some outstanding wins. They tied Milton and Albany on a neutral site, so they've, they've played a, a pretty strong schedule and appear to be one of those teams that should be there when the brackets come out. Avon Old Farms, another team that's been outstanding, a Founders League team, 10-2-1. They have a big stretch coming out to end the season. Their final four games of the season were against Loomis, Choate, Berkshire, and South Kent. So, I mean, they'll know what they have going into the postseason, and they'll be battle-tested regardless. So that's a team that I think can be very strong once you get to those those brackets. Nobles, another ISL team we we touched on earlier, could has a great chance to be there at ten one and two. We'll see we'll see how they finish things off. But another team that's right there, and of course you've got to mention the defending champs, Northfield Mount Hermon, maybe the hottest team in New England right now. Eight game win streak coming into this week. They've you know got wins over Choate, Avon, Phillips Andover, which has had a great season. And the defense has kind of been the calling card for NMH. They got Babacar Diallo back there, who's just a, a force on the back line. Well, that's Class A. A lot of candidates are going to be setting up for a very exciting tournament. So pick your brain a little bit about Class B, Matt. Who's really kind of stood out for you to this point in the season? Well, it's going to be interesting. That's the one that I think everyone's looking at 
that bracket it, it could be very wide open. I mean, South Kent, who has been the dominant program in New England in Class B, is ineligible for this year's postseason due to an offseason violation. So that's a big deal because South Kent is having another great season, 13-0-1, and just overpowering opponents. So they would have been a force had they been in that Class B tournament. So you look, and then Westminster, the team that played South Kent last year in the championship match, is not having a great season. Above five hundred, but not a dominant season. Kind of a winning record, but it's going to be touch and go to see if Westminster gets into that, that Class B bracket. We'll see. So this really opens things up. I think Brooks is a team that people will hear from, battle-tested in the ISL. We mentioned Harry Bertos, a good attack, a, a, a really good balanced team that I think people will hear from was a force last year in Class B as well. Williston-Northampton, another team that I think people need to keep an eye on, 12-2 and two right now, kind of one, uh, a side that's looked at as one of the bigger surprises, I think, this year in New England with what they've been able to do. They were a playoff team last year, but what they've been able to put together this year with some seriously impressive wins. I mean, they've kind of played everybody. They beat Taft recently, which was kind of an an eye-catching victory. That was back on October 22nd. They have a player named Hakeem Karamoko, who's been a really dynamic goal creator for them and, and really just good balance again on that team. So that's another Class B program that you think should be poised to make some noise. And then Rivers, another ISL team, should be in the mix as well. You and I both went through it last year from a media standpoint as these games get bigger in November and, and covering them. It's really a, really a great atmosphere, too, right? When you see all the students out there, the families out there, it's, it's really an exciting time to play soccer. It's awesome, especially when you get sunny and like 55-degree weather on that championship Sunday. Last year was a beautiful Sunday, I recall, covering those matches. But it is a great time of year. These matches mean a lot, There's a, and they do it. In a, it's a marathon in a short amount of time. You get those quarterfinals on Wednesday of championship week. Then they play those semifinals on Saturday and then the, the championships will be November 20th. So you really, you're doing it in a span of, what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five days. Yep. You're playing these three high-quality matches, and it really tests teams' fitness and, and desire and willpower, and it's, it's a battle. And we always say New England is arguably the best region of the country for prep soccer. So it's just it's, it's phenomenal to watch and, and see how it all unfolds. Yeah, looking forward to it, my friend. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank Mike Z again for coming on the show today and, and, like we said, dropping some great knowledge on the girls' prep scene. And hopefully everyone's a little more prepared for these these prep tournaments that are about to happen in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a great time for New England soccer and uh, should be very exciting. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Gold Podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.